Michael Swickert here. Welcome to Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Our award-winning Hatch Green and Red Chili, boy, is it good. It's from locally owned farms in Hatch, New Mexico, which is the chili capital of the world. One day I was asked if I was from New Mexico. I replied, I am. What part, I was asked. I said, all of me. The follow-up question was, have you lived here all your life? I said, not yet. Today, November 17th, is the birthday of someone important to New Mexico State University. Although when he came to Las Cruces in 1953, the institution back then was called New Mexico College of Agriculture and Mechanical Arts. In 1960, it took the name New Mexico State University. Born on this day in 1930, this fellow passed in 1994 after a wonderful coaching career. His first name was Presley, but people called him Coach. Coach Askew, the basketball and baseball coach at what is now New Mexico State University for 12 years. He was born in Oklahoma, played high school and college, and then he became a coach. His teams were competitive, and he eventually ended up in Las Cruces coaching at the baseball field known now as Presley Askew Field. He coached both basketball and baseball for those 12 years. It was the basketball coaching that really changed a lot of things. He changed the fortunes of New Mexico State University, and perhaps it was an odd way. Presley Askew, whose birth today, November 17th, brought two young men to Las Cruces who really changed NMSU. One of them was the greatest football player in NMSU history who actually came here to play for Coach Askew. He was a walk-on in basketball. Warren Woodson, the then football coach, was talking to Coach Askew about how he had a great football team, except he lacked having a great or even good quarterback. He couldn't find one and couldn't make one out of the players he had on the team. Coach Askew told him, well, come by the basketball court. I want you to meet someone with great hands, and this guy is as smart as they come. Football coach Warren Woodson met Charlie Johnson, and the rest is history. As an aside, Charlie Johnson's birthday is November 22nd, so we want to remember to wish him a happy birthday. Quarterback Charlie Johnson took the NMSU Aggies to two bowl appearances in the El Paso Sun Bowl, 1959-1960. They won both games. Johnson played 14 years in the National Football League, but there's more that Presley Askew set into motion with Charlie Johnson. He continued his education, got a Ph.D. in chemical engineering, and worked in the field of chemical engineering for about 30 years, and then he returned to NMSU in the chemical engineering department. He was the head for a couple years, but he finally retired in 2012, so he went full circle. But there's another name I want you to know, Lou Henson. He came to play basketball for Presley Askew in 1953, and Coach Askew won three Border Conference championships and two NCAA tournament appearances, and Lou Henson was a great player. Lou Henson, when he graduated from college, became a high school coach and then a college coach. In 1966, Lou Henson came back to New Mexico State University as the head basketball coach, taking over for Presley Askew, and he had a fabulous nine seasons, including going to the Final Four in 1970. 
In his career at NMSU and two other colleges, Lou Henson won 779 games, placing him 16th on the all-time win list. Happy birthday, Presley Askew, and thanks for bringing Charlie Johnson and Lou Henson to NMSU. Michael Swickert here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company. Hit subscribe if you want to automatically get these podcasts. A little history. I was talking history at Morning Coffee, something I love to do, and I mentioned to them that in the year 1806, yes, a long time ago, St. Louis, which is on the Mississippi River, was a glittering oasis of lights compared to anywhere else around it, and it also had the sophistication that attracted weary travelers. Some weary travels. Think of this. During these weary travelers' three-year journey, these travelers had to eat their own cooking. That's all they had, their own cooking. Yep, every single meal was their own cooking. For three years, they couldn't go to a barber shop. They couldn't read a newspaper or even get a podcast like this. Well, there weren't podcasts back then. But even more importantly, they couldn't even take a hot bath. No, they couldn't, and while they were gone, they even missed a presidential election. More so, they knew the presidential election had been held, but did not know the outcome. You can bet when they returned to St. Louis in 1806, they wasted little time getting a hot bath, some real home cooking, and catching up on all the news that was available. Seems President Jefferson was still the president. That was good news to them. Two years after they returned to civilization, they published a daily diary that they had been keeping during their arduous three-year trip from St. Louis to the Pacific Ocean and back. It was and is a great look at how the western United States some 218 years ago was. Stephen Ambrose wrote a book about this undaunted courage that I really enjoy that. And there's been many documentaries about the Lewis and Clark expedition. You know, it inspired so much more exploration of the lands west of the Mississippi, including Zebulon Pike one year after Lewis and Clark. He came through our area in Las Cruces in southern New Mexico in 1807. Many people, myself included, enjoyed Young Guns, the 1988 Western that covered the Lincoln County Wars in 1878. The movie was great and showed a view of outlaws that seemed real enough to me, but it wasn't factual in several areas. Nevertheless, I enjoyed watching the movie, which featured Emilio Estevez as Henry McCarty, or call him William Bonnie, or call him Billy the Kid, whatever you want. There is so much about the Old West outlaw Billy the Kid that people think they know that just isn't so. An example, the popular story is that Henry McCarty, William Bonney, or Billy the Kid, was an outlawing gunfighter who killed 21 men before he was shot and killed at the young age of 21. Most people believe he was born November 23, 1859 in New York City. People purport to have found records to support or deny the story, but there is one fact. Here's the one fact. The only government document we have was when a census worker talked to Billy the Kid in 1880 in Portales, New Mexico. So the census worker wrote down his name, Henry McCarty, and then he wrote down what Henry McCarty told him about his life. Henry McCarty told that census worker, here's, here's what the, the story, he was born Henry McCarty in 1856, 
that would make him 21, in Missouri. For everyone else, what is known is just one document. Everything else is hearsay. Now, I don't really care what people believe since he died 142 years ago. Perhaps it doesn't matter. If someone wants to bake a cake for Billy the Kid and serve ice cream on November 23rd, I say, why not? I like cake and ice cream. The hardest part of Old West history is that it's mostly hearsay. Billy the Kid does cause people to come to our little slice of paradise in New Mexico, and I understand they bring $100 bills with them. I like that like I like cake and ice cream. So I'm all for it. Happy birthday, Billy the Kid. Michael Swickard here with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico. It's sponsored by the Fresh Chili Company in Las Cruces, New Mexico. You can hit subscribe to automatically get these podcasts. Now, all of us who were thrilled by the moon landing, or should I say the moon landings, were eagerly watching at this time in 1969 when Apollo 12 was launched. It was the second mission to land on the moon just four months after Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were the first humans to walk on the moon. Now, there was a lot of drama in the launch of Apollo 12 because the uh, Apollo 12 got struck by lightning just 36 seconds into the liftoff and then at 52 seconds, causing lots of chaos, luckily, but no real damage. And they didn't know so for about 20 seconds when the lightning had hit. The astronauts had a whole board of red lights, and luckily a controller, John Aaron, knew what to do because he had done a simulation where he knew what to do when that happened. For several of us watching the television coverage, at, uh, it was about 9 in the morning, it was a bit concerning by the audio we were hearing. And, uh, and luckily it worked out. They landed on the moon, they did their mission, and they got home safely. Now know this, NASA and southern New Mexico were well connected for a couple of reasons. The research and development of the Saturn V rocket was started many years earlier at White Sands Missile Range, and many of the engineers working on the problems of launching and controlling lifting bodies of rockets started right here at White Sands, and it was great that the mission made it to the moon and returned safely. That's for sure, but there were a lot of people who actually had a hand in all that because it really was um, tense there for a little while when all of a sudden all their instruments stopped working, but then John Aaron knew what to do, and they went to an auxiliary setting, and it all smoothed right out. It almost was like in Apollo 13, the movie, the Ron Howard movie, where one engine wasn't working and they said, go go for it, and they did, and then everything was okay for a few more hours. How about a little New Mexico presidential history? At this time in 1964, the 31st president of the United States, know his name? Well, I'll tell you. He died. It was just a little footnote to New Mexico because he was a geologist working Early in his working career, having graduated from Stanford University with a degree in geology, it was, uh, it was uh, Herbert Hoover that died in 1964 at this time. He became a mining geologist and worked in Arizona and in New Mexico near Alma, New Mexico, over on the western side, 
scouting mining locations and assessing how good they would be. That was his job. His specialty over the years was gold mines, and he made a fortune in mining and investing, most of it in Western Australia, also in China. Uh, did you know that Boulder Dam was initially named Hoover Dam, but then renamed, well, it was started as Hoover Dam because it started under his administration, but then it was renamed Boulder Dam by President Franklin D. Roosevelt since Hoover was a Republican and Roosevelt was a Democrat. So the Hoover Dam was restored uh, to, uh, by an act of Congress in 1947. And uh, 76, laters, uh, 76 years later, and it's still going strong as Hoover Dam. Uh, well, but he was noted here. He was a young man, and we saw him later in life as an old man walking around and everything, but we have to remember that when he was walking and riding around in western New Mexico looking at different gold mines, he was, I think, 24, 25. And oddly enough, his wife was also a geologist. She had gone to Stanford to study geology, and uh, they formed a relationship and after he made some money in Australia, he sent a telegram to her saying, let's get married, and they did, and then they were married the rest of his life. Now, I'd like to speak about Chile. The radio stations in my little slice of paradise are playing Christmas tunes, and it's time to consider Christmas chili at the Fresh Chili Company. Now, I'm speaking from experience because it's one of my favorite flavors, combining both red and green. That's how, why they call it Christmas chili. And uh, they say, don't celebrate, savor the magic of the season with sensational chili sauces. And I say amen to that. If you're a fan of green enchiladas, you can get roasted green chili sauce, enchilada sauce, in mild, medium, or hot taste. Uh, it has the rich, smoky undertone since it's roast green chili, and uh, it's got a tang of lime juice. Turns your enchiladas into a masterpiece worthy of taking a picture of just before serving and taking a picture afterwards with those satisfied uh, taste faces. This is Michael Swickert with Enchanting Stories of New Mexico, brought to you by the Fresh Chili Company. Thank you for your time today. We'll always have lots of news and stories about New Mexico for you on these podcasts. If you have something or someone you want me to talk about, write to Michael at FreshChiliCo.com. Michael at FreshChiliCo.com. Uh, have a great rest of your day. Oh, yes, and eat plenty of that Hatch Valley chili. Like I always say, some chili's good, and more is better as long as it's Hatch Valley chili. Bye for now.